0: Welcome to Passive Investing School, where you'll learn how to get started on your journey for investing in multifamily apartments as a passive investor. You'll hear tips and case studies from actual real estate investors sharing their wisdom with you so you don't make the same mistakes they did and so you can be set up for success with your investments. Here's your host, Chris Tracy. Jeff, welcome to the show today. Thanks for coming on. really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm super excited about this. You know, I've heard your story many times, you know, working with you on our team, and then through all the different interviews you've been on, such as, you know, Pockets and Joe Fairless and all the awesome stuff you've done over the years about how you're buying multifamily and student housing properties. And you're really active, and our team is very active in the space, uh, doing syndications. Uh, But I'm really curious to know, and, and I think a lot of people out there would love to hear your story about uh, how did you first begin in all of this as a passive investor? And why did you choose multifamily apartments to invest in passively versus other types of vehicles out there such as the stock market, things like that?
1: The reason, I mean, I got into the multifamily and this kind of led to the passive investment was I was looking at buying properties at a, a very bad part of time, about a bad time. And it was in 2007, it wasn't a great time to be looking at single-family homes. We were looking at REOs, and the banks didn't know what to do with the foreclosed properties. It would take them two or three months before they would accept an offer. And by the time we got an offer accepted, the uh, property value had already gone down $30,000, $40,000 because of the time that, was, uh, that we were starting at we were just getting into the recession. And so it wasn't really good for single families. And I, I bumped into a guru that was teaching about multifamily. And it excited me. It excited me for several reasons. One, that I would be able to get into it with the limited amount of money that I had. And then I could leverage other people's money. And that was uh, a very exciting situation because I didn't have all that much money and I needed to be able to leverage it. So that was the reason I got into multifamily. The reason I got into the uh, invest of passively, I was already in the stock market as far as with my 401k, that was all invested in the stocks and bonds. But to take uh, monies that I had and put it into an investment was mainly to learn about the syndication game. I wanted to get into somebody else's deal in order to learn uh, what it looked like from the investor side, as well as being able to get to see the ins and outs of what was going on uh, in a syndication. So that that was basically the motive, was to get into it to see what was happening.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you first went down that road, um, how did that work out for you?
1: Well, I learned a lot about what not to do, uh, I can tell you. I learned different things not to do as far as how to treat investors, uh, how not to be transparent or how to be transparent, because the, the syndicator that I was uh, involved with, Was not transparent. It was very difficult to find out about the deal, to find out about the financials and what was happening with the deal. So I got a great education on how not to treat investors. The deal didn't do that well. It did okay. It was mediocre and it wasn't the best situation, but I learned a lot from that. The other thing is, I got a lot of credibility when I went to go take out a loan, and when I went to go purchase properties, that even though I was in as a passive investor and I made it clear to everyone that I was a passive investor in this large deal, it was a $20 million, 700 unit deal. I made it clear to everybody that I was a passive investor, but it still got me credibility. It still was impressive to both a lender uh, and to investors that, I was involved in a a large property. So on that aspect, uh, it was very valuable. As far as the experience, the experience uh, with that particular sponsor, I'm afraid was not a good one.
0: Okay, so with that being said, if you were to be a passive investor today, what would you do differently, if anything? Well,
1: there would be a lot of things I would do differently. A lot of I would do is I would talk to different investors that have invested in multiple deals with with that person the other thing I was uh, when I was thinking about this question was I would want to talk to people that uh, were previously investing with this person and maybe didn't invest in the last deal or so just to see why um, they weren't in that investment or what was the relationship um, in the investment so I would I would ask that question of multiple references obviously it's very easy for a syndicator to uh, give you the phone number of his uh, brother or sister or, or parents and say here these are investors they'll tell you all about it and know if they're real or not but if you call several different ones and get a flavor of what the investor is like what the uh, sponsor is like I would do that as far as getting uh, multiple references on, on the person. Um, so I would do that. Um, I would do more, more vetting of the investor. The, the key to being a passive investor is you do a lot of research up front as far as the integrity, the transparency, uh, of the sponsor and that's something that you need to do way ahead of the deal. When you get down to the actual deal, there's a lot that can be done to make a bad deal look good. There's a lot of cosmetics that you can put on it. There's a lot of tweaking that you could do on the numbers. It's so easy to make a deal look good uh, on paper. So that comes back to the integrity of the sponsor. If you trust the sponsor, if you feel good about the sponsor and uh, their integrity, then you can take a little bit, you can trust a little bit more what they put down on paper. If you don't trust the integrity of the person that you're uh, investing with, you never know what they're doing on paper, and you don't know how well they're going to do on the investment. Now, the other thing is, is you also want to see their track record. Now, their track record in that type of property, that size of property, that uh, maybe that market, it may be a different market, but just getting an idea of what their track record is, if they've performed up to what they said they would perform to, if they met or exceeded their returns. So those are different things. You also would want to do a a uh, a criminal report on them. You don't want you want to make sure that you're not dealing with somebody that uh, has a uh, a history. of of different activities illegal or unethical activities you know you should see how stable they are as far as their finances you know those are the kind of things that you want to look at but it's important that you vet the sponsor way ahead of vetting the deal once you trust the person then you could go on and look at the deal and, and be more comfortable investing with them
0: yeah, that's priceless what you just what you just said right there you know that I mean we could probably stop the interview right now and then uh, and then people would be would get their worth their weight and gold off of those uh, answers you just provided so maybe maybe we can just kind of encapsulate that a little bit Jeff on, on what you just provided there as far as insight as far as you know I think you mentioned them already but as far as the biggest pitfalls that passive investors should be aware of when they're looking to invest with a multi syndicator you know uh, how would you kind of like just bullet point that like kind of like one two three just to kind of summarize that
1: well i mean the first thing is is the first bullet point would be the syndicator the syndicator and and learning about the syndicator all you can about the syndicator then you're going to look at at the deal as far as you know the market the financials all that stuff uh, in the deal Uh, you're also going to look at the operating agreement, because that the operating agreement is is what controls the LLC that's going to own the property. So you want to know details about that. And that's that's something that not many people read, that they don't really read in there as far as what their rights are going to be, what the expectation is as far as transparency. And so you certainly would want to look at that Um, along with that you would want to know what kind of reporting there's going to be how often are you going to hear communications from the investor how often are you going to get distributions the structure of the deal as far as what the split's going to be how the split works out uh, in different situations cash flow versus uh, equity so you want to look at those kind of things as far as how that deal is going to be run uh, those are probably the big things and the one piece that, that i find that most people do not take a look at is the the private placement memorandum which is essentially the, the you know all the all the things that can go wrong in a transaction and the operating agreement how the llc is going to be run those uh, really should be read and understood and if you have questions, you should be able to bring that to the syndicator and find out exactly how the entity is going to be run, how it's structured. And I know that out of the many investors I've had, very few have sat down with me and gone through their questions on the operation of the entity. And it, for the most part, if everything is going great, you know, nobody cares too much. But then if there's any issues, you want to know what your rights are, what you're allowed to vote on, uh, what your expectations are. And that's that's pretty much all in there in the operating agreement.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I, I love what we're talking about here. I think that the, these questions, the, this insight, I think this is going to be so helpful for people. I can't wait to get this into the hands of people so they can hear this. But I'm really excited about this and a light bulb just went off over my, my head. So maybe for this last question here, we can kind of role play this a little bit to help people. I think you, you already answered this, but just for example, let's say I'm a syndicator and you and I have a relationship, Jeff, and I come to you And, um, you know, we have an introductory relationship. Maybe we met at a seminar or something like that. You know me, but you don't really know me that well. And uh, I'm looking for you to invest in one of my deals, for example. Let's, Let's role play and script this. You know, I mean, what are the main questions, you know, as a potential passive investor? You know, what would you ask me? when you're talking to me hypothetically, if I'm a syndicator and I present you with a a hypothetical deal that I'm I'm looking for you to participate in, what would be that first question? For example, would you say, Hey, Chris, you know, what about this or what's going on here? You know what I mean?
1: Well, without, without talking about uh, a specific deal, I mean, typically I'm going to be asking, you know, um, as far as your history, a lot of the stuff that we had talked about earlier, as far as your track record, And that kind of thing. But as far as on the particular deal, I want to know, you know, when when I can expect that the distributions are going to happen, when are, when are the reports, what kind of reports can I expect to see? Uh, They're going to be, you know, monthly, quarterly uh, distributions. I want to know what you're doing on this deal to protect on the downside. Um investors are concerned, very concerned about getting their money back, then the next thing is, is they are concerned about getting the returns on their money. And so I would ask as far as what are you doing, what steps are you taking to make sure that if the market goes down, that this deal is going to be protected? And I would want to know what, what's being done. Because, as we all know, we're at a very high point in the market. Multifamily and student housing have been doing very well for a long time. And, you know, all good things turn. So, we don't know when there's going to be any kind of downturn, but we want to know that the syndicator is prepared for the downside. And if some of their projections aren't going to happen, uh, what's what is going to be the downside? How how are how are they protecting the deal uh, in case things don't go exactly the way that they expect them to go?
0: I, I love talking to you, Jeff. I mean, you're such a uh, a reservoir of knowledge and wisdom and experience. You know, the, the, the all these different bullet points that, that you educated our listeners on today, I think, are, are going to be priceless. You know, it's great stuff. A lot of people probably just don't ever. They Overlook or they don't think you know about some of these really crucial things that, that you're bringing to our attention here today. Loving every minute of it. And if people want to learn more about you, Jeff, uh, what's the best way for people to like you out and get a hold of you? Well,
1: they could go to my website, um, which we're, we're in the process of remodeling, but that's uh, that's synergeticig.com and that's s y n e r g e t i c i g dot com or they can get a hold of me at jeff at synergetic dot com and that was the same spelling there.
0: That's amazing. Jeff thank you so much for your time and sharing all of your, your years of, of like I said wisdom and expertise and you know helping our listeners that want to be potential passive investors you know avoid these pitfalls and all these potential traps and you know like you said people that try to make deals look better than they really are because they're not in alignment with the potential investors that they're really just trying to get their money so that they can move on maybe they're you know hasty about the deal or they're just they have mediocre deals and they don't have the investor's best interests uh, in mind you know kind of like the way that you outlined here today and, and I think this is this has been great stuff uh, thank you so much
1: Thank you very much for having me, Chris.
0: All right. Thanks for listening to Passive Investing School. Be sure to check out PassiveInvestingSchool.com to help you with your journey of being a successful passive investor.